Welcome to Simply Cyber. up everybody good morning it is a new year welcome to 2023 y'all hope you all had a safe enjoyable pleasant weekend but now it's time to get ready to work today is january 3rd 2023 welcome to episode number 273 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing one moment there we go welcome to simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing the show where we break down the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and i jam in my expert opinion on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner how you can uh, incorporate it into your practices i'm gerald dozier if we haven't met it's nice to meet you for those of you many of you in chat right now uh old friends it's great to see you all now before we dig into the show before we get into all that hot news before we start jaw jacking all up in here I want to say a special shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, <coughs> starting with my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. You can see this is their website. This is Eric. This is Eric's calendar. And when you click through it, you can schedule a meeting with him as early as 10 a.m. this morning, Eastern time. Set your business up for success. That way, if you get popped, ransomware, threat actors, bad guys, uh, you don't have the worst day of your life. You just have a terrible day. All right. Also want to say shout out and thanks to the my other sponsor, Recon InfoSec, love what those guys are doing. Here we go, check it out. If you're in the need of a service that provides your organization with 24-7 managed detection and response, which is MDR, if you've heard that term, <clears throat> um, consider Recon InfoSec because they have an MDR service and they're a great company. So typically when you compare those, com combine those two things, you get great MDR service, right? Uh, there's MDR service includes the people process and technology, the full stack to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. And you get direct access to all their staff. So you're not working through some belly button or customer success uh, engagement manager person who like, you're like, my network's on fire. Can you please explain to me what is going on? And they're like, oh, I'll get back to you on that. Let me go check with the team. You're like, no, like, let me check with the team. Get out of my way, move, all right? <clears throat> um, you also get fully managed SIM and SOAR, which is really cool. So if you don't have the full tech stack at your um, at your business because you haven't implemented it, you don't have the budget, you're a one-person shop, and you just haven't had the time, they will take care of all of that for you. So you basically just 
configure logs, push them to Recon InfoSec, go grab a taco because you've got coverage uh, at a fraction of the price. So <clears throat> consider Recon InfoSec. Um, their MDR takes a security first approach that provides real answers and effective defense. ReconInfoSec.com, links in the description below. Also just got their website up here. I see now that they're AICPA SOC 2 Type 2 certified. Way to go, Recon InfoSec. That's always a big move for a uh, smaller business to get SOC 2 certified. It's kind of a, a big milestone and an indicator of how they're growing and the health of their company. So good on them. Now, I want to remind you, each episode of this, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So shoot, be sh hold on. Jesus. Okay, here we go. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in Shattered. You know, hashtag Team Live, Good Morning Squad, whatever you want. Uh, be sure to say what's up. That way you can go back and get that half CPE, which doesn't sound like a lot. But over the course of a week, it's two and a half. Over the course of a month, it's about 10. So they do add up. And since you only need like 40 a year, uh, you can knock them out in a month, if you feel me. Hashtag Team Live if you're live. Hashtag Team Replay if you're on replay you definitely want to drop it in the comments and get credit for being here now i do love me some cyber news obviously but before we get into the news i do want to spend a minute just saying what's up to everybody try to introduce uh, uh a new concept for 2023 that's just occurred to me this morning um i'm also going to say hello to my friends here what's up nathan boland james mcquiggan been playing chess with James McQuiggan. It's been good. Harish, good to see you, Harish. Haircut Fish, Dan Reardon. Two weeks counting. Two weeks and counting, Haircut Fish. Requires 60, so you can do 15 for webinars. Sad times. Oh, that's too bad, zombie guy. Yeah, check with your certification body holder. I've checked with um, ISC Squared and ISACA. Shane Himes, my new year was wonderful. Thank you for asking. I'll share that uh on the on the back end we'll have to we'll have to call the back end of the show like i don't know the jaw jacking hour or something like that where you know it'll be the idea that we could spend a few minutes at the end of the show i'm going to introduce a new tuesday is the only week day of the week that we don't have something so we have callan's art monday grayson's joke of the week haircut fish is thursday worldwide wednesday tuesday doesn't have anything and i thought of a fun thing so um we'll try it out today and see how it goes all right guys the jaw jacking's been good. Cyber coffee chat, yeah. Well, okay, we'll call it cyber coffee chat. Thanks, James. All right, Carrie, good to see you. 240 days without coffee. Ooh, I, I can't go 240 seconds without coffee. All right, y'all, sit back, relax. Hey, hey, Matt McDaniel. Jess Bishop. Ooh, Je Jess Bishop, stick around. If you like yourself some Jess Bishop, people, I've got a big announcement at the end of the episode to drop about Jess Bishop. So here we go. All right, guys. Good to see you, BSEC. Good to see you, Alex. Robert Morris, thank you so much, guys. David Beard. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let's get into some cyber news. What do you say? From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Google to pay $29.5 million to settle lawsuits over user location tracking. This payout is intended to settle two different lawsuits brought by Indiana and Washington, D.C. over Google's location tracking practices. 
The split is $9.5 million to D.C. and $20 million to Indiana after the states sued the company for charges that it tracked users' locations without their express consent. The settlement adds to the $391.5 million Google agreed to pay to 40 other states over similar allegations last month. The company is still facing two more location-tracking lawsuits in Texas and Washington. These lawsuits came in response to revelations in 2018 that the Internet company continued to track users' whereabouts on Android and iOS through a setting called Web and App Activity, despite turning location history options off. Rant? Okay, <clears throat> so this is one of those ones where uh, I'm not surprised. Like, anytime you see some type of financial payout or situation where a company is sued and or you know brought to court or whatever and they lose um you see other companies or other states or other entities whoever it is go in after it because uh, i'm not saying it's a cash grab but i mean hold on Great cash, homie. what i am saying is press legal precedent has been set uh and you know this is a perfect example of why after um Maersk, uh, tr uh transportation sued Zurich about not paying their cyber insurance after the NotPetya attack, Mondelez came right in over the top rope like it just got tagged in in like some type of uh, SummerSlam Tag Team Championship belt match, uh, and Mondelez got paid out, uh, and the court said same thing, and it was a much faster court case. So here's the deal. Um, Google has already paid out to 40 different U.S. states, as you can see here, $391 billion, uh, million, excuse me, over allegations that basically you turned off tracking and Google's like, oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> we're just going to continue to track, but it's, it's, you know, peace of mind that, you know, you shut it off. Basically <clears throat> I'm, I'm completely simplifying this, but basically like there was a toggle on the, on the, do you want your privacy? Yes or no. And like, regardless of what you did, it was like a child, it was like a child's play activity table where like there was nothing connected underneath it. It was just a slider like, yay, yay. You know what I mean? And in reality, Google's like, no, 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 we're going to completely harvest this data and we're going to, we're going to go hard as a until we get caught. No big deal. Okay. So after the first couple states started suing them for this and Google agreed to pay, it would be dumb. <clears throat> You are so dumb. It would be so dumb for other states not to jump in and and you know go to bat for their their constituents, right? Protect their citizens' rights, but also uh, <clears throat> make money. So this isn't surprising. They said in the story that there's like ten other states that are still outstanding. I guarantee you, those states are going to get paid just the same. Now, I'm always a little, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm a little, you know goofy about this, but like, okay, $29 million to settle. Okay. $391 million total. So just, just shy of a half a billion dollars. Okay. I brought it up here. Google's revenue last year was $69 billion. Okay. $69 billion. Now, how much money, just, just throwing it out there. How much money did Google make off of sucking up all of this data for as long as they did like they may have even just broke even if not made a profit so do you see what i'm saying it's like like i get it and this is good and these are huge numbers that would you know do, like if i got hit with a nine and a half million dollar lawsuit or whatever like it i i would it would break me i would i would i would live in the street right but but google like 
they're able to make more money off of that, pay the fines. And I've said it on the show before, this right here, this $391 million, this is like the cost of doing business in the information age for data hoarding mega conglomerates, right? Like it's the cost of doing business. Like they probably wrote, they probably with all due respect, and this is tinfoil hat, Jerry. So please get your emotes ready. Google probably has a line item in their 2023 budgets for lawsuits, right? Like let's budget it in. We're always getting hammered with these things, obviously. Like let's, let's put a, let's put a line item in. What do you say guys? Like a billion dollars that should cover us worldwide. Okay. No problem. Let's do it. So, you know, it is what it is, y'all. Ransomware gang cloned a victim's website to leak stolen data. The ransomware operators at Alf V have become creative with their extortion tactics and, in at least one case, have created a replica of a victim's site to publish stolen data on it. The gang, also known as Black Cat, is known for testing new extortion tactics as a way to pressure and shame their victims into paying. On December 26th, the threat actor published on their data leak site hidden on the Tor network that they had compromised a company in financial services. Since the victim did not meet the threat actor's demand, Black Cat decided to leak the data consisting of memos to staff, payment forms, employee information, data on assets and expenses, financial data for partners and passport scans on a site that mimics the victims as far as the appearance and domain name go. This was done to ensure wide availability of the stolen files, as opposed to keeping them on the dark web. Wow. Uh, all right. So Alfie, which if you guys don't remember, like, they, like of all the ransomware threat actor groups, Alfie is the one that is like the most, uh, like, you know, senior superlatives in high school, like Alfie's the most uh, likely to change their name. Like they were dark side colonial pipeline hack. Then they were black um black matter or black i think black matter and then black side and then I, I can't remember them all now but like it was like dark and then two or three black ones black cat and now they're alf v um which i mean which isn't super important but it is kind of uh interesting um uh, for the ransomware ecosystem yeah black matter thanks joel i thought it was black matter that i think that black matter was what they were right after dark side Okay, so Joel Belton, Threat Intel uh, experts up in here. He, he's setting us straight. Thanks, Joel. Um, here's the deal. Um, Conti was pretty good as, or Wizard Spider, which is the gang that used Conti. They were pretty good at like kind of um, innovating. I, I, it, feel, it feels so like gross. Like I want to take a shower to like give these threat actor groups credit for being like, you know, innovative businesses. But Wizard Spider was kind of innovative in that they they came up with like, the big game hunting they came up with, or they kind of uh, made popular the double extortion technique where you exfil data and then uh, sell that as well. Now, Alfie pushing the boundaries here. I find it interesting because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about human psychology, right? Like the threat ransomware threat actor groups are trying to find leverage points and pain points on their victims in order to force their hand to pay the ransom. And in this case, they literally clone the victim's website and then make all the data available, which I got to tell you guys, pretty effective. Like if, if, um, if some company had their data published, right? 
but I had to get a Tor browser and go online. Like the likelihood uh, or the the frequency of visits to that data is going to be limited to other threat actors, right? So now your victim is like, oh my God, like how many other people are going to attack me? Bolster the defenses. Or in this case, they put it on the public web and make it look just like your site. And now, you know, curious people come over. They, they might even email they have all your clients' email addresses, so they could email all your clients and say, hey, effective immediately, we've published all of our data. Make it look like it's coming from you. Website's gonna look the same. Carl, Carl's not gonna know any different. Carl's gonna be like, oh, I guess they just published this, all this stuff, and people are curious. So now they're gonna have a bunch of people go over there. Not a good look for the victim, obviously. Um, one one thing that comes to mind right away is like, um, wh like where is that public website hosted? And is there any way for ISPs to block it, right? Because if it's in the United States, you could shut it down technically. Um, if it's bulletproof hosting in you know, Russia or Eastern Europe or something like that, I guess that's a little bit more difficult, but they'd still have to register the domain name, which, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like by putting it on the public web, there's a couple mm, ways for the victim to kind of defend itself a little bit. The thing with, with the dark web is like, it's much harder to kind of pull down a dark website. It's not impossible. Obviously, the FBI does it all the time, but but a clear web um, would be a little bit easier to take down. So I don't know. Kind of kind of curious. Obviously, the threat actors are going to continue to do this if a um, it proves financially lucrative, like it, it it's paying more than it's um, costing them and the level of friction it takes for the threat actors to create this because they literally have to clone the website register a domain name get in get you know web server space like they have to go through effort to get this right now if they're making million dollars two million dollars it's it's worth it but it's an interesting development one to keep an eye on lockbit gang apologizes and gives sick kids hospital free decryptor good the Lockbit ransomware gang has apologized to Toronto's Hospital for Sick Children, also known as Sick Kids, saying one of its members violated the rules by attacking the healthcare organization. It then sent the hospital a free decryptor. On December 18th, the hospital suffered a ransomware attack that impacted internal and corporate systems, hospital phone lines, and their website. While the attack only encrypted a few systems, SickKids stated that the incident caused delays in receiving lab and imaging results and resulted in longer patient wait times. In a statement that included the apology, the gang blamed a partner who, quote, violated our rules and is blocked and is no longer in our affiliate program. Good. End quote. Okay, so a couple things here. Lockbit is a ransomware as a service gang. So you got to remember, like, Lockbit has a nucleus of gang members that kind of run the operation, but anyone like me, you, Kimberly, Jay Smith, Cyber Munchkin, we could all go become affiliates and like, you know, without getting into all the details, we get access to Lockbit Ransomware. We detonate the Lockbit Ransomware and Lockbit Ransomware gang handles all of the, you know, the upkeep of the, of the malware and the, the transactions of the ransom and, you know, all that stuff. And then basically you get in, drop it, and then you get a piece of the pie when it happens. So Lockbit can't control who signs up for their affiliate program. I mean, there's some level of um, due diligence, I'm sure, to make sure it's not a cop. But for the most part, they can't control it. So when you have a acceptable use policy, hello, hold on. 
Even threat actors have GRC capabilities, guys, all right? So win for GRC. Obviously, Lockbit Ransomware has a acceptable use policy of their malware to not target healthcare organizations. And this affiliate attacked this Toronto hospital, which, by the way, to like, add insult to injury, it's like a hospital for sick kids. Like, dude, you suck. So when they hit... Um, obviously Lockbit is like, no, this isn't cool. Helps. Um, you know, again, we, we talked about this last week. Like, I'm glad Lockbit, uh, enforced their policies on their affiliates, kick this dude out or kick this lady out. I suspect it's a dude. Um, and gave the decryptor to the hospital, right? So Lockbit, listen to me. Lockbit is making money hand over fist. I'm sure they had a rager of a New Year's Eve party, the the threat actors that are running Lockbit. I bet you there was like, you know, fountains and like beautiful people and all sorts of like charcuterie boards running around, right? They are they are living fat right now. And the last thing Lockbit wants is some affiliate, you know, jabroni messing up their works by taking on a hospital. Like, dude, you don't want to bring that kind of heat on. Not to mention have a have a conscious dude so they you know they took they took swift action to remediate the problem and uh give out that free decryptor plus i just want to point out this gets back i said this last week y'all like ransomware threat actors they don't have like a signed like united nations agreement or anything like that but they all kind of in part agreed around 2018 2019 like we will not attack healthcare. Like there's a line in the sand we're not going to go past. There's plenty, dude. It's like fishing in, like, you know, pre-industrial age, right? There's fish everywhere. Like we haven't done trawling yet. We haven't just like, uh, that's not the word I want to use. We haven't ravaged the ocean. There's fish everywhere. You don't need to hit the healthcare fish. There's literally big fat fish manufacturing fat fish and you know, retail fat fish and there's fish everywhere, man. You don't even need to hit those guys. So I appreciate that they uh, stick by that. Um, and that's what's going on there. Um, so let's, let's go. And by the way, I'm not giving Lockbit a pass here. I'm not going to be like, well, you can hit my organization then since you guys are such great people. Like they still suck. Like, let's not, let's not like paint these guys as superheroes, but you know, let's be real. There's different shades of suck and you know, that there's that personal health information of 42 million Americans leaked between 2016 and 2021. Researchers from medical research and media group JAMA Network analyzed trends in ransomware attacks on U.S. hospitals, clinics, and healthcare delivery organizations between 2016 and 2021. <laughs> they found that in this period, the annual number of ransomware attacks more than doubled from 43 to 91, exposing the personal health information of nearly 42 million patients. It also observed, quote, during the study period, ransomware attacks exposed larger quantities of personal health information and grew more likely to affect large organizations with multiple facilities, end quote. The report also notes that 20% of healthcare organizations that suffered a ransomware attack were able to restore data from backups. Okay, so this is interesting. So, <laughs> so uh, I just got off my soapbox talking about um, healthcare and, and the agreement that they like ransomware threat actors wouldn't do it. And, you know, it looks like statistics are supporting an argument that since 2016, the number of attacks on healthcare organizations have doubled. 
<clears throat> as you can see here, it looks like one in one in was it one in five, one in five uh, orgs that suffered a ransomware attack were able to restore from backup. So I don't, I'm not I'm not sure how many um, uh, cyber attacks were ransomware. It does say that um, fifty three percent of ransomware attacks attacked multiple facilities. They mainly targeted clinics, then hospitals. So guys, uh, healthcare in the United States, at least, is a really complicated system, right? It's not just all hospitals. Like clinics could be like, you know, outpatient clinics, um, you know, get blood done, lab work, all these other things. Um, it doesn't make it any less sensitive when you hit it, but it's not um, like, you know, delivering patient care, like like delivery rooms and stuff like that. So uh, this is a, a this is a, a nauseating trend. Uh, I guess the one good thing we can see is that from 2020 to 2021, it didn't rise that much. Um, PHI fulls, as they're called, F U L L Z fulls, uh, is worth some money on the dark web. You can use it to get uh, to do identity theft, to get access to medicine, to extort and blackmail people. Uh, we saw famously there was like a mayoral race somewhere. I can't remember the details, but there was a mayoral race uh, where, you know, the medical record of one of the candidates came out and it showed that they were really sick. Uh, and it, it affected the uh, outcome of the election because, you know, people were like, well, you know, this guy's sick. Like, I'm not sure it's worth, you know, he might not survive his term in office or whatever. So, yeah. Ransomware attacks 43 to 91. Okay, that's still kind of low i mean for what it's worth i don't know if you work in healthcare i guess here's the tldr if you work in healthcare you definitely already know about cyber security attacks and the frequency you can use this chart and this story to help um you know make a compelling argument on why you need uh, money either for an mdr service recon infosec or um to get staff also i just want to point out the common disruptions were canceled appointments surgeries system downtime and ambulance diversion. Uh, if you're if you're doing tabletop exercises or business continuity exercises, you should use these right here as the scenarios. Okay, we suffer a cybersecurity incident uh, and all appointments, the appointment system is down. How do we operate? If someone walks in and says, I have an appointment, like how do we do business? Is that is it something that we continue to do? Is there downtime procedures how how many days can we go without understanding what the appointment ske surgery schedule is and and is it acceptable can we come up with a background uh final thing on this i want to point out ambulance diversion you might think big deal like instead of going to uh you know our sister grace of mary you send me to beth israel uh it, but in reality we've seen instances where a woman has died in the uk uh, because it the hospital she was being sent to <clears throat> was under ransomware attack and she had to be diverted to another hospital that was further away and she didn't get the medical treatment she needed in the time she needed it and she ended up dying. Uh, this was two years ago. So ambulance diversion can have significant um, impact, including uh, potentially death. So be mindful of that. And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Did you know that over half of companies have sensitive SaaS data exposed on the public internet? And many breaches making headlines now involve SaaS apps? App Omni can help. 
App Omni identifies misconfigurations and guides remediation to keep your SaaS data secure. We help security teams make sense of data access permissions, third-party app visibility, and threat detection across their entire SaaS ecosystem. You can get started at appomni.com. That's A-P-P-O-M-N-I dot com. All right, here we go. All right, guys, we're at the mid-roll. If you're new here, if this is just your first time, halfway through the show, the podcast does a little bit of an... Um, marketing sales thing so because it's a natural stop i like to just say what's up for a minute and ask you guys if you're getting entertainment value if you're getting educational value if you're enjoying the network do me a favor and hit the like button it's good for the algorithm it helps promote the show to other cybersecurity practitioners who have yet to find us and realize all the goodness that is the daily cyber threat briefing i want to say thank you to barricade cyber solutions and recon infosec for <coughs> for their continued support Definitely enjoy both of those businesses and strongly endorse both of them. <clears throat> if you didn't already know, uh, I send a newsletter out every single week, simplycyber.io slash newsletter if you want to get on it. But Jerry, why would I want to get on a newsletter? I hate getting newsletters. Well, my friend, let me explain to you. It's not just a newsletter of like, oh, here's a picture of my kids and here's what's going on. It's literally an actionable Intel uh, bulletin that provides three pieces of Intel that you can operationalize today. I write it myself, which is why there's typos. And uh, I think it's pretty good. You would have gotten it today if you, um, you would have gotten it today if you are signed up. Uh, it's, it's not too late to sign up. You can't get today's letter because it's gone already. Um, question for the group. Uh, I have the ability to resend the the daily cyber uh, the newsletter like for people who did not open it right so it's a function where if you didn't open the newsletter i can resend it to you i was thinking of on wednesdays resending it to those people i don't know if that would be seen as a bother or a, a courtesy to think like oh yeah top of my inbox thanks for reminding me jerry let me know in chat i'm actually kind of curious if people would like that to happen or not or if you'd see it as annoying um, another thing that I want to share with you guys, I told you earlier that Tuesday is, um, Tuesday, there isn't currently a weekly activity on Tuesday. I'm going to try this out for a week or two. You holler at me. Um, I guess I could post it as an archive, Joel Belton, maybe as a blog post on the simplycyber.io. Guys, here's the, um, here's what I'm thinking for Tuesdays. You let me know. I don't know what I'll call it yet, but it's basically like, um, Something you didn't know about Jerry Tuesdays or, or whatever. Like, I'm just basically something about me that, um, you, you, I don't know, like, just something, just, I don't know, something about me to share. Like, I feel like if we were in person, I'd be sharing something with you. So, um, we'll try it out. I do want to share with you today that I hate, <laughs> I hate sour cream. And it's not because of the texture or the taste or anything else. It's literally, and I can't get my head around this, the name sour cream it's literally a synonym for spoiled milk which is disgusting and i know sour cream tastes good but i can't bring myself to eat it it's like i i i i can't i cannot get my head around it it is a juvenile thing that i know logically doesn't make any sense but in reality i cannot eat sour cream because of the freaking name so there you go there's a little fun fact about jerry what books am i reading or recommend okay I could do that too. Currently reading this one for what it's worth. 
This is how they tell me the world ends by Nicole Pelroth. Here's where I am. I'm one of those people that uses the uh, the dust cover as a bookmark. I know I'm a heathen. La 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 la. La 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 la. All right, drop your la la la's. Let me know if you guys like the getting to know Jerry Tuesdays. I'll come up with a better name, but I'll, I'll keep doing that. All right, y'all. Oh, Alana. Alana's like, you animal. You animal. I guess maybe that's the get to know Jerry Tuesday. I use the dust cover as a bookmark. Ah! <laughs> All right, let's get back in the news, y'all. Chinese scammers target Chinese students in the UK. Chinese international students in the United Kingdom have been targeted by persistent Chinese-speaking scammers for over a year as part of an activity dubbed Red Tse, also known as Red Thief. Cybersecurity researcher Will Thomas stated in a post last week, quote, The Red Tse fraudsters have chosen their targets carefully, researched them, and realized it was a rich victim group that is ripe for exploitation. The most notable aspect about the operation is the steps taken by the threat actors to bypass steps taken by users to prevent scam calls, using a new pay-as-you-go UK phone number for each wave so as to render phone number-based blocking ineffective. The primary reason for the scam is to trick Chinese international students into shelling out huge sums of money to avoid getting deported. Ugh. Russia risks... Dude, this is, this is gross. Um, this is gross. This is like... It's like... It's so diabolical and it's so um, meticulous. So <clears throat> essentially, um, the way I'm seeing it is uh, Chinese uh, students in the UK are basically being um, scared into believing that they will be deported out of the UK into China if they do not pay some, you know, uh, financial fines or penalties like it's not seen as a extortion or a scam it's seen as legit um it sucks man because you know you're in china as you're 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 abroad right you're probably enjoying living in the uk the language may be a second language you may not be great at english you get these calls you don't know what to do the scammers are not being pesky and persistent so they'll call you once or twice a month and then escalate it so it would behave as a business would behave. And then they, they basically threaten you uh, to be deported or pay the fine. And apparently many are paying the fine. Um, it's just, it just sucks uh, to take advantage of these people uh, in such a gross way, especially when it's difficult to actually get uh, good information on whether or not it is a legit service. Uh, looks like they're actually running a pretty, pretty organized operation here. Um, I don't know, guys, like to me, <clears throat> two things. One, I've seen this personally firsthand. I've seen uh, a Chinese um, exchange student. He was a physician, but he was an exchange student um, here in the United States, got a phone call saying that he missed jury duty and that he was going to be thrown in jail unless he paid $500 via a Best Buy gift card. And the physician went and bought a Best Buy gift card. And it was only while he was like scratching the back off and trying to call to avoid going to jail that somebody uh, saw him and was like, what are you doing? And they he told them that he didn't want to go to jail. And they're like, that's not how it works in the United States. But I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? It's like so easy to attack um, people like this because you scare the crap out of them with their freedom, with their current life. 
uh, operating in a foreign country and they go after him. I, I want to say one other thing. Like, it really, really chaps my ass. Like, I, I, I don't want any, I don't want any th organization or person to get cyber attacked. Okay. But like attacking a business, I don't know, maybe it's cause it's like depersonalized and there's a little bit of an abstraction there, but like, I see a business as like, okay, like let's go to war us versus you threat actors. And like, we're, we're the business, let's do it. And it's not acceptable, but I feel more at peace than when you're attacking a freaking individual. Like when you're attacking an individual, you're scum. Like you're, you're, you're terrorizing somebody basically. And that's horrible. This person has every right to a good life and not have to deal with your bullshit coming at me with, you know, you're going to be thrown in jail. You're going to be deported. You're going to be ruined. You know what I mean? Like life's hard enough already, people. You Like you don't need this scumbag up in your business. It just, it, a personal attacks really bother me. All right. Thank you. Anyways, the TLDR here is if you're in the UK and you work in a business that has Chinese students, uh, maybe you work in higher ed in the UK, maybe you work at a teaching college, whatever, um, you may want to advise them that this scam is going. I think that that might be a small subset of Simply Cyber community members, but worth knowing. Causing IT worker flight with remote working law. Yeah, Jeremy. Russia's what? bruised IT sector risks losing yep. more workers in the new year because of planned legislation on remote working as authorities try to lure back some of the tens of thousands who have gone abroad. IT workers featured prominently among many Russians who fled after Moscow sent its army into Ukraine on February 24th <clears throat> last year, as well as the hundreds of thousands who followed when a military call-up began in September. The government estimates that 100,000 IT specialists currently work for Russian companies overseas, but now legislation is being mooted for early this year that could ban remote working for some professions. An additional fear for the lawmakers is that more Russian IT professionals could end up working in NATO countries, inadvertently sharing sensitive security information, and have therefore proposed banning some IT specialists from actually leaving Russia. Yeah. Okay, so here's a no surprise. All right. Russia um, making lots of decisions that normal citizens don't agree with. Um, they invaded Ukraine. They are, um, I mean, from a commercial capitalism perspective, many, 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 many companies pulled out of Russia early in March of 2022. Um, there's been conscription forcing people to join the military when they don't want to. Uh, they are in absolute turmoil and massive disruption. And when your population leaves, things like, you know, building buildings, taking out the trash, um, municipalities, <clears throat> municipality stuff, uh, continuing to develop technology, IT innovation, teaching, like your core societal capabilities begin to break down when you don't have the humans there to actually execute on them, right? Uh, and it looks like people were fled but continue to do their job working remotely. Russia, and it looks like they're trying to pass legislation uh, to say like, oh, you can't work remote. Like that's, that's illegal now. So you can either A, come back. Uh, I, I don't even know what you would do, man. I mean, if you like fled to like Belize, for example, and you've been working remotely from Belize and you're going to get fired <clears throat> if you don't come back to Russia, what, I mean, what do you do? Do you like find a new job? Can you even stay in Belize? Like how are, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe you have family, loved ones that you're caring for that are back in Russia. I don't know. To me, all this is, this has nothing to do with like work efficacy, like all of the arguments and all of the straw man 
arguments around remote workforce and why it's a terrible idea, quiet quitting, um, you know, you're not getting the productivity, uh, extra, what, there's a term, I forget what it was, where people have like more than like two or three full-time jobs. There's a term for it, but people are doing that. This has nothing to do with this. <clears throat> I feel like this has to do with bringing human bodies back into the motherland in order to have a functional society. That's what I think this is. They, they've got some serious problems, man. It, it wasn't just like invade Ukraine, love to mother Russia, and uh, let's go. Uh, no, it's not moonlighting. There, there's actually another term, overemployed. Thank you, Pamela. Yeah, Pamela's got it. Yeah, overemployment. All right, let's keep going. And somewhere ecosystem becoming more diverse for 2023. In CSO Online, senior writer Lucian Constantine posits that the ransomware ecosystem changed significantly in 2022, with attackers shifting from large groups that dominated the landscape towards smaller ransomware-as-a-service operations in search of more flexibility and drawing less attention from law enforcement. This brought in a diversification of tactics, techniques, and procedures, otherwise known as TTPs, more indicators of compromise to track and potentially more hurdles to jump through when trying to negotiate or pay ransoms. He quotes researchers from Cisco's Talos Group in their annual report who date the accelerated landscape changes back to the colonial pipeline dark side ransomware attack dun, and dun, subsequent dun. law enforcement takedown of Revil. In some good news, however, half of Cisco Talos's ransomware-related incident response engagements have been in the pre-ransomware stage, showing that companies are getting better at detecting TTPs associated with pre-ransomware activities. Be sure to check out. All right. Nice. Okay. So a couple things here as the year ends, um, you know, these, these threat intelligence companies put out annual reports. So you can expect in the next, like, I don't know, say six to eight weeks, we, there will be multiple stories coming out on the daily cyber threat briefing of um, year in review. Like, oh, here's what happened in 2022 et cetera, et cetera. It's guaranteed to happen. It happens every year. And, you know, that's that's fine. That's no big deal. Yeah, let's get some music. So uh, one interesting finding here from Cisco Talos, who is an excellent threat intelligence company, they put out good information, is that um, the big the big ransomware threat actor groups are, are drawing too much heat. And there's a bunch of smaller ones out there, which, you know, whatever. Like, we just talked about Lockbit as a ransomware as a service gang. Some of the other ones are locked, uh, are ransomware as a service. So it's no surprise that that's what they're doing. I'd be curious, Joel Belton, other individuals who work in the threat intel space, um, are you seeing this diffusion of ransomware threat operations as muddying the waters, if you will, of being able to do intel on these groups? Or is it not really changed? My suspicion is that it's not really changed. Here's, here's my hot take, okay? <clears throat> Like, yeah, you can have tons of small uh, small threat actor groups, but there's really only like a handful of groups that are actually running ransomware operations. The, the, the small <clears throat> threat groups, <clears throat> excuse me, the small threat groups that are operating right now, my suspicion, my speculation is that they are leveraging the big dogs, like th the big dogs operations for their own operations. So like, even though there's more threat actor groups, in reality, they're not developing new techniques. They're not writing new malware. It's it's much more cobbled together and stuff like that. It, it, it think of it as like Amazon drop shipping, right? If you've watched a single passive income video in 2022, right? It's still Amazon, right? It's still the Amazon 
logistics and workflow and interface and all that crap. It's just some small player kind of getting into the, the fold of it all. They're not creating a new Amazon, right? I don't know if that's exactly a one-to-one -one metaphor, but my, my point is, as much as this story indicates that the ecosystem is becoming more diverse, I think it's just the players that are in the ecosystem, not the actual experience and impact and uh, resiliency operations and defense mechanisms and all that other crap that we actually care about as practitioners, right? It's just a different... It's a different person's face on the other end. Um, yeah, attribution can be hard, but at the same time, like sometimes attribution's good, but if you're just trying to deal with business operations, it doesn't matter if it's Lockbit, Revol, you know, Hive, Cuba. Like it doesn't matter. I got punched in the mouth, and I need to re I need to recover, right? So uh, that's what the, that's what the deal is uh, on that. Yes, actually, uh, also. Worth pointing out, InfoSec Kid drops a finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. <clears throat> as um, as the value of uh, you know, digital currency continues to tank during the crypto winter, um, you know, it is what it is. Like it's it's not good <laughs> for for threat actors. Okay. Um, all right, guys. So if you were here for the <clears throat> if you were here just for the news, thank you so much for being here. We do it every single weekday morning. Uh, what we also do at the end of every episode is a little jaw jack. And so if you were here just for the news, I bid you farewell. I wish you the very best. Hope to see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Now, if you like yourself some Simply Cyber, I do want to let everyone know that later today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, so seven hours from now, I will be playing Haiku Pro, which is a cyber range platform, live on stream. Now, what makes today interesting is instead of you know me trying to beat the cyber range my plan is to have chat gpt do the cyber range so my plan is i'm just going to be smart hands and chat gpt is going to solve the problems chat gpt is like the hottest thing right now and i'm going to try to see if it can um do the cyber ranges it'll be fun we'll have a good time um thanks nathan bolin so come check it out. I also want to let you guys know it's a busy week on the streams. Tomorrow at 11.30 a.m., I'll be playing Threat Gen Red versus Blue. This will be a more traditional come, bring a notepad, learn some things. I'm going to be operating from the blue side, and I will be. this will be more of an educational session where I'm breaking down GRC best practices, SOC analyst best practices, and how a blue team would operate in an uh, ideal environment. So kind of a textbook walkthrough of building an information security program from the ground up. Also, on Thursday, here we go. Get yourself some of this. Squad members, Simply Cyber community members, Stacy Loki and Jess Bishop. You guys know them. At least Jess is in chat. I know for sure. Guys, you all, you all talk about a day in the life of a SOC analyst. How about a night in the life of a SOC analyst? So you may know or not know that some socks have overnight shifts, third shifts, night shifts, whatever you want to call it, graveyard shifts. Well, is working a graveyard shift suck? Is it slow? Is it hard on your life personally? These are all really valid questions. It could be the best thing ever. It could be slow, so whenever you actually have an incident, you can really dig into it, right? Bill Green in the house.
What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much for the support, Bill. 2022-2023 is going to rock. So Jess Bishop and Stacey Loki are going to come on. They both work in a sock. They both have uh, graveyard shifts. Right now, they're rotational. And they are going to tell us exactly why and what a night in the life of a sock analyst is. I'm super excited about this episode. Guys, it's going to be a good time. Also, also, guys, like, get your Oprah emotes on. There is so much going on here. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> you get a stream. You get a stream. Guys, uh, I promised you monthly uh, office hours after dark. Uh, we're still working on the... Uh, <laughs> we're still working on the title here. But <clears throat> this is the super relaxed, super chill, bring a beer and a cybersecurity t-shirt event. Um, we're doing this. I'm targeting on January 13th. I wanted to do it the 6th, but it's going to... I'm, I'm looking at January 13th. I hope you can be there. I have not scheduled this one yet, but it will be fun. A lot of people enjoyed this. Trying to do this monthly. Stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be a party. It was a party. Joel, Belt, <clears throat> Joel Belton will be on the stream for sure. I'll be on the stream. We will do call-ins. Um, we'll, we... <laughs> We, we work through that. Um, we worked through those challenges uh, last time. So hopefully we'll do a little bit better uh, this time around. I also want to remind everybody, this just occurred to me right now. Uh, what is today? The third? Yes. In uh, nine minutes, as you can see here, marketing to cyber is going to be happening. Rhea Gelsom joined me on the channel to talk about how she pivoted from marketing operations to cyber. So if you're interested, I'm gonna be there. Hopefully you guys can make it um, and we'll have a good time. So I'll come back to that in just a minute, guys. This has been the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I hope you enjoyed the new Tuesday, um, you know, getting to know Jerry or whatever. I'll, I'll go back and look and see if you guys had some suggestions on a, a stream name. Yeah, okay. So just so everybody knows, this is Jess Bishop on the bottom. This is Stacy Loki on the top. Um, the names are backwards, so just be mindful of that. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, <clears throat> Tidbit Tuesday. Thanks, Jessica. That's a good option. Jaw jacking. That's what we do at the end of the show, no doubt. Any scoops on the night TV show? No, not yet, Harish. I, I don't want to... I don't... We're still in talks on the concept. I like... The concept is pretty hammered out right now, but there's a couple logistical challenges associated with it. So we'll see. We'll see. Actually, well, maybe I'll tell you guys. I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys want to know? I mean, well, actually, let me check with Alyssa. I don't know what I'm allowed to say and not say. Uh, so anyways, it'll be cool though. I'll tell you what, it will be, it will be, uh, unequivocally my show okay uh it's it's not like i'm an actor in one of the produced shows it's 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 a it's a it's a jerry thing um it's really cool so i'm looking forward to it <clears throat> yeah it's gonna be cool I, I like let me talk to Alyssa. i have to send her i gotta get like a photo shoot done and send her photos for the promo card uh she sent that to me over the weekend so um but stay tuned hey paula terranova good to see you <clears throat> yeah, I, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Guys, can we just jaw jack? Does anyone mind? You guys want to jaw jack for a hot minute? All right. Let me see. We get some music going.
Yeah. So it's gonna be good. Hey, Justin Gold, good to see you guys. I don't know if hey, I don't know if anyone's interested. If you are or not, uh, John Hammond on Twitter the other day uh, posted like his 2022 analytics for his YouTube channel and some interesting perspectives. And then I was going to post mine, but I kind of felt like a poser because I'm like, oh, like John did it. Like, what am I just like, like it kind of seemed not cool. Uh, and then what's his, uh, Zach. Um, oh my God. Why is Zach's last name? Zach hit. Yeah, Zach Hill. I don't know why Zach's last name is avoiding. Uh, but Zach, so Zach from IT Career Questions. I'm like 99% sure it's like Zach Hill, but I, I don't know why. I, thinking about it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, thanks, Shane. So <clears throat> Zach Hill posted his. So I was like, oh hell, I'll just post mine because I'm inspired. So if you're interested in that, um, here. If you're interested, I'll just show you really quickly what what I'm talking about. Do do do. Yeah. It's this thread right here. I'll put a link in chat. Like I, I have graphics of like my analytics, my revenue, my popular shows. How, dude, I did 762 live streams in 2022. Kind of bananas, it, honestly. It, that actually surprised me. I don't know how to link to this thing. So um, here, this. here's a link in chat. If you guys are interested, that's just a little like whatever, if you're interested. Yeah, d d d yeah, Hammond got six figures. Yeah, isn't that bananas? I think that may be over the life of his channel, not just in 2022, b But still, great guy. Does great work. Um, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's interested in it, in the, in the stats. I, you know, I, it's can it can be cool. It can be interesting. It is what it is. Oh, all right, guys. What do we got here? Five minutes to go. Five minutes to go. I like it. We'll give it. We'll give it a couple minutes. He does have five hundred thousand subs. Yeah, it is interesting. Here, what, what, why don't we just do this? Well, let me make sure that there's nothing wicked sensitive here. Yeah, there's nothing sensitive. Okay, so here, like here, I'll just do it live, right? So you can see here, here's all the analytics. Um, here's the analytics on stream, right? What's what's interesting is, um, if you look at my top content, hold on, this is, uh, let, me, let me change the filter for 2022. Sorry, the chat's all screwed up now. Um, I can't, I can't make chat look good and the screen look good. They're tied together somehow. Yeah. So look at the audience. I'm super pumped about this. Kimberly uh, McKnight knows about this. A couple other people know about this. Guys, I, I, I made it a point to like try to beef up uh, female viewership. Um, here, I'm just gonna do this since the text is screwed up on chat, anyways. Um, 11% female viewership. I did all sorts of stuff. We see that, uh, 25 to 34 is the majority. Nice little bell curve here. Uh, pretty understandable. One thing about the content that's kind of interesting is, um, if you look at my lives, right? The daily th threat briefing, 
it's a just it's a gradual incline over the year so very very subtle no viral sensations jerry's not viral right uh if you look at my videos a couple popped no big deal but for the most part you know it's it's been pretty pretty level right and then shorts i just started shorts not too long ago um so you can see that's you know like i started shorts again over here so it's not really doing much but it has gotten 57 more subs 680 likes 11,000 views so there is something going there so i don't know if you find any of this interesting you know let me know if you do try to make chat small again See what people are saying. All right, it's crazy to me that only eleven percent. We got a ton of amazing ladies in the community. Yeah, I know it is. It is interesting. But oh, let's go, Nick. Hopefully, welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Let's go, Nick. Yeah, my no, my pleasure, Adam. Oh, by the way, Adam, I reached out to Cody Kinsey. You know, hey, I'm not with all due respect. You know good, bad, whatever. I don't know. I've tried to get up with Cody. It's, it's been unsuccessful. I don't know if maybe he's on vacation or if, you know, I'm just a guy. So, you know, who knows, but Alana, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, yeah, I'm going to come up with a a fun name for the Tuesday share. Um, Tid, like Jerry's tidbits. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Jessica Probes. I appreciate that. What is the percentage of male to female in the cyberspace as a whole? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good question. Let's let's find out. Uh, male, female, cybersecurity industry uh, statistics. Sixteen percent of cybersecurity specialists are women, according to Zipia. So, all right. You know what? This is my new target. Sixteen point eight percent. I'm 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 super happy that I'm having two of those women on the show this Thursday, actually. So 2023 goals, y'all. We'll keep working towards it. Oh, thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Caleb. That's very nice of you. All right, guys. Looks like we're just close to marketing to cyber as soon as this thing pops uh i'm gonna oh sour cream tuesdays jimmy oh finish him oh jesus i have to take a step back take a step back from that one just even saying sour cream is nauseating <laughs> oh god I do eat sour cream and onion chips. I do want to, <laughs> I am, I am neurotic when it comes to that. Just so you guys know, no, Harish, we don't need a sour cream. We don't need a sour cream emote. All right. Hey, looks like we're getting started. Y'all I'll see you over on the stream. Drop a share in chat. Welcome to the squad, Caleb. All right, guys, I'll head over to the stream. I'll see you in a minute for marketing to cyber. Be good, everybody. Thank you so much. Happy New Year.